Hi everyone, it's Em and Liv, and we're your Meta Sidekicks. Oh wow. Hey, what's up? So today we're going to be talking about crystal folklore, because if you didn't know, and this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, number one, where you been, where you at. Go listen to our crystal video, or crystal podcast and video. Yeah, basically. Where we get into all the metaphysical schwami things and, you know, what crystals actually can do if you put them in your pocket. We give you our top 10 beginner crystals and what you should use them for. Yeah, but while I was doing the research for those crystals and all of their metaphysical schwami things, I found some cool stories about them and I was like, hmm, we could do something with this. So that's what we're doing today. So let's start with amethyst. Oh, God. Okay, you get to tell the amethyst story because I've told it two times (laughs) Three t- thrice Oh, I'm so... Okay, that's a lot of pressure. Dionysus. You could say da- it. Dionysus. <laughs> there we go. Say it with me. Dionysus. Oh, my God. Dionysus. <laughs> wow. So, Amethyst was... I don't know. We're going to tell you the story of Amethyst. So, Dionysus, he is the god of wine. And one night, he got real swifty. Real swifty with pickle Rick. He he got real drunk, as one does, and he got angry and was like, "If anyone crosses my path, I am going to release this very scary tiger to eat them to death." Not a casual eating, (laughs) to death. Okay. So this very innocent woman came passing Dionysus' path to go worship Athena. And uh, before the tiger gets to her, Athena's like, wait a second, this is my follower, I need to protect her, and turned her into a stone. Now Dionysus felt kind of bad about it, because, you know, she was innocent. So he got the stone from Athena and named it Amethyst, which means non-intoxicated. So, what is it, the Greeks used to put it around their wine so they wouldn't get drunk? Yeah. But what's interesting is amethyst is actually used to, like, numb headaches. So, obviously, they don't think they're getting drunk because they don't get a hangover because it gets rid of your headaches. (laughs) Yeah. So, I thought that was a fun story. So, if you want to try and get drunk and also not have a hangover... Put some amethysts around whatever you're drinking or, like, in your pocket, your pocket. Uh, I think it's funny that Dionysus got angry and was like, you're going to get eaten by a tiger for the next person that comes near me. But then literally Athena saves her by turning her into an amethyst stone. And he's like, but I'm going to name it. And I'm going to name it amethyst, which means not intoxicated because I'm off my, my shit show right now. But... Like, would you rather be eaten by a tiger? Would you rather be a stone for the rest of your life? For the rest of eternity. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I saved you, but really, did you? It's always, like, that dumb, like, I'm a god, so you should be thankful. But also, I don't know if I want to be a stone. Lest a stone that's being thrown around in people's wine for the rest of eternity. Oh, for sure. At least you don't have to go through the pain of being eaten to death. Specifically to, to death. death. I don't know, but that's like what? Maybe a half hour most <laughs> of a, of agony instead of an eternity of like watching people get drunk around you, but you can't. Being in beer. 
and wants to talk about citrine now because it's a sassy bitch. I know nothing about citrine. What do you mean you don't know anything about citrine? I just know that it's the merchant stone. It gives you good luck. So if you're a merchant, have some citrine because it's going to give you abundance. Yes, wealth, prosperity, and abundance. And it's also good for sharing. Like if you need people to share things with you, just carry a citrine and they'll be less greedy maybe. I don't know. Or you'll be less greedy. I'm not entirely sure how it works. Citrine I'm hates just- me. Yeah, because everything in your tarot deck say that you're going to have abundance in your life and you literally refute it. That's why it's always on the left-hand side of your card spread. And Citrine's like, you're not ready for all all it is. All it is. Why does it give you a headache? Stones in general give me a headache because I'm a freaking psychic medium and I don't need more energy. All of them? Here, here. Hold this one. (laughs) She's giving me amethyst. Do you feel like you have a headache now? (laughs) I feel like I have a lot more energy around me, and it makes me nauseous. Does that make sense? That does not happen when I Nausea. pick up stones. Oh, okay, maybe it does, and I'm just a mere mortal. Em's got a throbbing third eye, guys. I don't, I don't know what's happening. She's getting really good at reading tarot cards and seeing energy around people, which Honestly, is cool. Honestly, I'm not very good at reading tarot cards. I'm better at reading energy. But, but also, I is, think I'm making it up. That is tarot cards. Now you know how I but feel. Listen. I don't do it with the tarot cards. <laughs> I didn't have tarot cards at work when I was like imagining this thing around our client. Yeah. Like, excuse me, what? <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> Literally when we started this, Emma's like, you can do readings. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Well, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I gaslight myself every day about my abilities and it makes no sense to me and it freaks me out and I don't understand it and it's weird. And now she's doing it and she's like, I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm really scared. I don't have any confidence. You've been doing this since you were eight. Not professionally. So? Not with like... You've gotten validation that this is happening to you and you aren't making this shit up. There is a tirade number one. Let's move on to... uh, What what, what did you want to talk about Citrine with? You're the cool talk. I told you already about the Merchant Stone. That's all I know about it. You didn't research it. No, I didn't. But... Citrine. Because I don't like it. That's mm. why. Well, you it's don't like sassy. obsidian either, but we got to explore it for you on obsidian. Yeah. So. so let's talk about obsidian. Okay. I don't like obsidian. If you don't know what obsidian does, metaphysically, spiritually, yada, yada, yada. As I say it, like, we don't care. and We're literally your meta-psychics. It's a spiritual black hole, you guys. Yeah. It's supposed to ward it off against negative energy and negative entities and it's also supposed to help reveal truth, which I thought was a bunch of baloney until I was researching the stone this morning for folklore at 7 o'clock in the morning. And but I think it's funny. What it does is, is it absorbs dark energy. So when Liv, as a psychic medium, looks into it, it's like a dark pit. But at the center of the pit is this white energy. And it's solely because it's absorbing things so hardly that everything that it absorbs goes into this little pinprick in the middle of its energy field. Like, if you know anything about astrophysics or black holes, that's literally what black holes do, is they will suck matter into them with crushing weight to the point that it just obliterates them. Turns into them. a little pinprick of energy. Basically. So that's the only way I can describe amethyst to you guys. Or not amethyst. Obsidian. Ugh. Obsidian. That's how it feels to me as a medium. Uh, and I kind of don't like it because it freaks me out i also feel like because it absorbs your energy as well well i wrote yeah well i wrote in the blog that 
it scares me because it's so good at absorbing negative energy that I feel like in its path of absorbing negative energy, it can also lead weird things to you. Mm, because it absorbs negative energy so powerfully. So th- when things are so far away, it pulls things towards you. Yeah. God. And that's why it scares me. Well, that makes sense. And why I don't want to carry it around with me. Yes. Yeah. I already see things and the way I deal with them is I acknowledge them and then continue on my way and ignore them. But if I have am or if I have obsidian with me, then it, it keeps them around me, or I feel like it could keep. I don't them know, guys. Me. I feel like obsidian is a very dark stone, and I'm not saying color wise. Yeah, it it's freaks weird. me out. It's weird that it's I. It's weird that it's used for protection because again, like literally what you just said, it I feel like it just draws things to it because it literally does that. Yes. And I don't know why people are like, you need to get an obsidian stone to start anything because it protects you, but it also brings the things that you need protected from. <laughs> to you. Yes, to you. that's what I'm saying. And it, it like, okay, the, the way my fiance would say it is it makes my tail wag. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, like, you know, when people say, oh, like the, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. Oh, like when you hold it? I mean, it doesn't, but it just gives me that feel, like a feeling of unease. Yeah. Yeah. So into the folklore or the lore behind Obsidian, uh, if you didn't know, it was abundant within Mesoamerica, which is where the Mayans and Aztecs, where the Mayans and Aztecs existed prominently and flourished. So for them, the Mayans and the Aztecs, I think it's funny what I was reading, it said that obsidian was so abundant and useful within their culture that it was more prized in a monetary sense, like money-wise, than gold. And I think that's funny because if you look at a lot of cultural Mayan and Aztec things, a lot of their art had like precious stones and precious metals in them, but not because they were of any like trade or monetary significance, purely because it was pretty. But obsidian was like a prized possession there because it was used from everything from ordinary everyday tasks and tools to spiritual and metaphysical cultural things that they used it for as well, which I think is crazy. Like imagine going somewhere and people are like, I have all this gold on me, but only because it's pretty. And you're like, actually, I could buy an entire house and like maybe an island with that. And they're like, or you no, could get, get some of these black stones and do the same thing. Yeah, I just think it's funny. Culture and history make me laugh and also amaze me. But in the video, what she said was obsidian is created by lava from volcanoes. So it's, I don't know, molecular structure makes it a glass. Yeah. And they make mirrors out of it. And the mirrors are scary because, again, it draws in dark energy. They make scrying mirrors out of it. So like I said, if you don't know what obsidian is... M said it's a volcanic glass and it's super, super, super sharp. Like today, if you have a very precise, important surgery that you need to go through and they need to use like really sharp, precise things to do the surgery, they use obsidian blades because they're so sharp. It has to do with the way that the molecular structure is. Yeah. And how it breaks off to be so sharp. Yeah. So we call obsidian obsidian because... We speak English, and in our language, it's called obsidian because the Roman guy that discovered it for the people over here was called Obius, so obsidian was taken from his name to the stone that he found, 
but for the Aztecs and Mayas in Mesoamerica that used it so much throughout their everyday life and also their cultural and spiritual life, they called obsidian, um, I have to look at my notes because I don't know how to speak ancient Mayan Aztec. Uh, so obsidian was called Itzli, and that literally translates to God of Stone, or they also called it Teotetl, which means the divine stone, which I think is crazy that they were like, we're going to use this for everyday household things, but also it holds a lot of spiritual importance to us as well. And we're going to use it as a divination tool. Yeah, that's the mirrors that Em was talking about. They, they, they were called scrying mirrors that they would use them for and it was their divination tool to look into the past present and the future and like other dimensions and the way that they use it is they look themselves into the mirror and they would see things behind them which is terrifying because a normal mirror can be a portal like you can do the same thing with a normal mirror but the reason why they use obsidian is because obsidian pulls the negative energy in so it's harder to I don't know. It's kind of like you're looking through a portal. So it's harder for a dark entity to go through a portal that is trying to absorb them into its center. So it's like going through a black hole versus like a nice pretty door. Yeah. Well, the way I explained it to Emma is the only time I've ever heard of a scrying mirror used was there was this psychic that was doing a reading and the way she used it was to see, like, okay, I'm a psychic medium, so I can see the energy around me for the most part. And I don't know, like the way we explain it is like everything is parallel to dimensions. So if something is, how do I explain this? When people see ghosts physically, whether you're a psychic medium or someone on like a ghost TV show or just in your house and you see like an apparition of something that is because that soul is projecting themselves into our plane of existence, but their plane of existence where spirit or what do you call it? The spirit realm is, is also very close to our realm itself. So the way that I understand how scrying mirrors work, I don't know how the Aztecs use them. Like, you know, how like people do like a, what are they called? The balls? The balls that witches use. I have no idea what you're talking they about. They look crystal balls. Oh, crystal balls. Your <laughs> God. It makes so much sense. The balls that they use. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know if scrying mirrors are work like crystal balls where you look into them and you can see past, present, and future looking, like I said, into them. But the way I heard of an, of a, of an obsidian scrying mirror being used was there was paranormal activity going on within someone's house. Like a candle got knocked over or whatever. And this woman grabbed her obsidian scrying mirror. And the way she used it was she looks, you place the mirror facing yourself so you can see your reflection in the mirror, but it's not necessarily important about what you're seeing there. And what she did is she walked through her house with the mirror facing her and was looking at the reflection of her surroundings in the mirror. And what the scrying mirror enables people to do is see the things that you can't physically see around you in the mirror so there was a little girl in her house that was the one that knocked over the candle and she originally thought that it was like a bad entity because something got knocked down but really it was just this little girl trying to get her attention to have her tell someone that she was just talking to an important piece of information before they left so this scrying mirror enabled her to see the little girl that was in her house whereas normal people just see a candle getting knocked down but with the scrying mirror, she was able to see the spirit of the little girl in it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but then the Aztecs say that they use it for past, present, and future. So I don't know if they actually looked at it and saw it or if they like wandered around like this girl did looking at it and then looking at other things. Yeah, I don't know how it appears, but you talking about other dimensions clears it up a little bit. So in one of our last podcasts where we talk about heaven and hell, I talk about this analogy of the difference between two-dimensional things and three-dimensional things. So imagine if you are like a stick figure in a two-dimensional realm and you had something that was reflective because they are in the dimension that is essentially behind you, you would be able to see them even though they're not in your dimension. Does that make sense? Yeah. What Em's trying to say is like if you were a stick figure on a piece of paper. Yeah. So if someone was holding a piece of paper and you're the stick figure that is drawn on the piece of paper with a mirror, you would be able to see the person holding the piece of paper even though they're in a different dimension. Yeah. Which is why (laughs) people can see... the spirits in the scrying mirror because technically everything's overlapped but it's also separate is what i guess i'm trying to get at but yeah but that's essentially how these mirrors work so that you can see things on in different dimensions but i'm thinking past present and future because time exists in the fourth dimension you would be able to see different aspects of time because so like maybe i would think that if you want to look into like future things you would take this scrying mirror and look at your surroundings or a certain place and depending on how it the reflection looks in the scrying mirror is what you're looking at depending on what time frame you are asking for maybe yeah so if you imagine time as like a river that has curves and bumps and whatever you in the third dimension perceive time as linear because you are in the current going down the river but If you have a mirror and there's curves in the stream of time, you can hold up that mirror and see what's happening in the future. Yeah. I think of it as like you walk somewhere where you know there's like buildings or you know that there isn't anything there. And you're like, okay, 100 years from now, what is this going to look like? And you hold up the scrying mirror and then behind you, instead of seeing like a field, you see like a city. Well, yeah, it's just weird thinking about how that works in dimension wise because you're looking into another dimension because mm-hmm. like what what is it like the girl that's that was knocking down the candle the the spirit girl i see that as a psychic medium but i see it within my mental medium space so like that's how i pick up on stuff but people that just like see a candle falling down can hold up this crying mirror and they're like oh there's a little girl here Oh, sorry. You know, normal things. I'm also not telling you to go get a scrying obsidian mirror. It's really scary. It's super scary. And one of the reasons that I also find it scary is, so the Mesoamerican people called it Itzli, which is the god of stone, and Teotetl, which is the divine stone. That was what obsidian was called for them. But it's linked to one of their gods. And this god's name is, oh, God. Tetzcatlipoca. Tetzcatlipoca is their god, and his name literally translates to smoking mirror. And the reason it translates to smoking mirror is because as a god, he walks around with his obsidian scrying mirror, and it allows him to look into things that are going on not only in the human world, so like the people that worship him, but also in the spirit realm with other gods. So Tetzcatlipoca is walking around with a scrying mirror, and then humans think that they can make scrying mirrors 
I'm just like, why would you think that you can do something that a god is supposed to do? It makes me nervous. And they're at literally just f- staring at each other through the mirrors. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just finger guns on both yeah. sides of the mirror. We're just eyeballs. I'm like, oh my god, I see things. And then on the other side, they're like, oh my god, I see things. <laughs> it's just scary. And I guess that's kind of like me being hypocritical because I'm like, a god is supposed to use this grinding mirror, not people. Why do people think that they could do that? But well, it's scary because it's a portal, and like your only protection is that this stone's going to absorb negative energy into its core. Yeah, it's literally like using every other divination tool, but this has a little bit more oomph, oomph because <laughs> it's this huge fucking rock, my dude. Oh, obsidian scares me. Plus, I think we're gonna do a future podcast on divination tools if you guys are interested because i am yeah it's crazy so we talked about the celtic divination tool of rune casting rune cast oh um, we talked oh, um. about yeah oh um, the rune casting divination tool m and a whole bunch of other people in the universe like the french divination tool of tarot and uh i guess the aztecs and mayans loved the divination tool of uh, a black obsidian scrying mirror there are other types of obsidian too yeah there is. Depending on how it was formed and where it was made and where it was found at. There was one called like Snowflake Obsidian. It has little specks of white in it. It's so pretty. <laughs> There's one that is like an like tears of some kind. It was one mm. of the Native American tribes of tears. Um, and they're like little auburn or like amber looking ones that are like shards almost. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really cute. Well, there's other ones. I Like, I want to touch the other ones to see if they feel different. They probably do. Mm-hmm. But black obsidian scares the ever-loving bejesus out of me. So don't go get a scrying mirror. I'm not telling you to do that. So if you get one and you're like, <laughs> I listened to this podcast with these two girls, and this one girl's a psychic medium, so she should, I should do it. No. I'm now there's a no. demon in your house. Yeah. <laughs> or following you you're around. You're not responsible for the demons in your house because you decided scrying mirrors are good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Well, yeah. Did you tell them about slicing truth up? Oh, I always keep forgetting this, too. You, like, started to say it, too, and I was like, wait, I want to tell you about scrying me. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was dumb that when I was researching Obsidian, it was like, it helps draw in negative energy and it protect you. with truth, but it is blocked by the lies you tell yourself. She's talking about a chakra. Avatar M. She's talking about your throat chakra. Anyways, um... So I just thought it was interesting that while I was uh, researching the metaphysical, spiritual attributes of black obsidian, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they were like, it helps with truth. And I was like, that sounds dumb. Whoever the MO is that like wrote this is just like trying to be dumb and I don't like it. But then this morning when I was uh, researching black obsidian, it uh, spiritually spanked me and said the reason that it helps deal with truth is because black obsidian is so sharp that it cuts through the darkness that it repels and sucks through to reveal the inner truth. And I was like, wow, knowledge bombs, they're being dropped on me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to the Aztecs, we also have the Olmec people. They have taken obsidian, and what they would do is make concave mirrors for lighting and starting fires. The uh, Mayan and Aztecs, in addition to making everyday tools out of it, and also the higher up spiritual leaders that would use them as scrying mirrors and divination tools, uh, normal Aztecs would also 
make smaller mirrors like jewelry almost out of the obsidian to show their elite status and also um just be like i'm better than you because i got mirrors on my neck spiritual mirrors spiritual mirrors that attract negative energy I mean, the Aztecs and Mayans were a badass people. Did you know that they used to do, like, um, I was reading that they had a technology where during the dry seasons, what they would do instead of planting crops on the land is they would manufacture floating rafts of land where they would plant things on bodies of water so that they had food all year round because even though the water would would recede because it was the dry months they would still literally have floating farms on the rivers where they would have fruit crops i don't even know how you begin to do that they had like anchoring mechanisms that would help with like moving the land up and down while it was on the water so it wouldn't just float down the river and all of this other stuff and like ways to mediate how much water would be uptake through the roots and the vegetables of the food that they would growing it literally boggles my mind like if we as a people could take that type of information and use it today which we 100 percent have the ability to do do you know how many problems it would solve and also be so much more eco-friendly than destroying our soil that we have right now and like ruining the nutritional value of the food that we eat, which is also something that's actively going on. They've already done that. And they don't care because... Because uh, they can't make money off of it. Capitalism! uh I'm going to stop going on a rant. But (laughs) if anybody that is significant to, like, the farming industry is listening, please look up, like, the Aztec Mayan things that they would use, like, literal food agricultural rafts on rivers. That blows my mind. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about it. Science nerd turning off. Okay. ADHD rant done. Also, Native Americans would use um, obsidian in certain spiritual ceremonies, and it was uh, linked to sharpening inner sight. So it's all like symbolism and truth and sharpness and obsidian. In obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're going to talk about... You want to say it? Go on. Just say it. So lead night? God, I hate you. <laughs> well, Olivia doesn't like when uh, people call it Selene night. Essentially, Selenite is named after the moon goddess Selene. So a lot of people call it Selene night instead of Selenite. And it bothers Liv because it would be like calling Olivia. What is it? Olivia? Okay. Olivia. Yeah. If you don't know, Olivia is a name... That is symbolic. Derived from olives. It's Okay, it's derived by olives. I'm going to go into my name because it's also on my business card, and I find it symbolic and cute, and I like it. Olivia is derived from olive, and the whole symbolism behind it is in Italy, because I'm Italian, part Italian, you would extend the olive branch of peace to your neighbors. So, like, in Italy, they would have little, like, what are those little things that, like... The white thing that you have in the backyard that vines grow on. like A, a lattice? Yeah, they would have lattices and they would have olives growing on the lattices between the houses. Mm-hmm. So when neighbors would be fighting, they would put an olive branch into their neighbor's yard to like symbolize like let's make peace and get over our angry Italianness. <laughs> so literally my name means extending the olive branch of peace, like bringing people olive. together. Oliva. Yes. Oliva. So if you call Selenite Selenite, then you mm-hmm. better call everybody that you know with the name Olivia Oliva. Oliva. 
And if you do, they're also going to hate you. Cause and Liv you. really likes it, in case you wanted to know. She it's really so likes it. dumb. <laughs> My name is Olivia, not Oliva. It's what? not Celine Knight. It's Selenite. Oliva. Fight me. <laughs> Hi, Oliva. Do you want to introduce yourself to the class? My best friend's name is Celine Knight. Celine. I hate it. Celine, the moon goddess. So I couldn't find any folklore on the actual stone Selenite, but it is... Named after Selene, the moon goddess. And we're talking about Greek mythology, not Roman. I know it's basically the same thing, just with different names. And we'll get into that in a second, because Phoebe gets into the mix. But I think it's interesting that in the metaphysical community, Selenite is obviously... They say that it's very... It's a light stone. But the way they say light, if you're not a super metaphysical person, is... The white light of God. Well, no, it's like moon oh. energy. No, mm. no, it's feminine not, moon energy. Yes, it's feminine moon energy, and they say it's a very light stone. And the way they mean by light is light, as in good, bright, holy, Deary. endearing, comforting, divine, blah 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 blah. Deep, mysterious moon wind. M just takes her Ariesness and goes way off the edge with it. <laughs> uh, so. Selene is the moon goddess, and her parents are uh, titans. So she's a titan goddess. That's what that means. And she also has two brothers. Her brothers' name are Helos and Eos. Helos is the sun god, and Eos is the dawn god. She is the moon god, so they all deal with light. So I think it's interesting that all of the people in the metaphysical community are like, Selenite is just a very light stone. It has very nice, bright energy, and it's calming and divine and feminine and la 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 But her parents... All right, so her siblings are all light, but her parents are Thea. Are also light. Yes, her parents are Thea. You're ruining my my, my buildup, Em. Well, I don't know what you're building up to. I'm building up to the fact that they're that literally everyone's light. light. Everybody's light. Every single one of well, them. Obviously, are light. if you put light with light, it equals light. Two plus two equals light. I thought two plus two equals fish. It equals light. I'm sorry, they taught you wrong in school. Okay, sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> So her parents are Thea and Hyperion. Thea is a titan goddess of sight and the shining ether, literally of the sky that we see. So she is the titan goddess of the bright blue sky. And her husband, Hyperion, is the titan god of heavenly light. He is the father of the lights of heaven. And I find that interesting that Selene's parents are, her mother is the god of, of the sky that we see as mortals and her her father is the god of the light that we see as souls yeah so Liv was saying that this light is kind of like the light that she sees in her mental medium space so she perceives her mental medium space as like a dark room but people enter through this like door like thing and through the door is the white light which is the white light of God. And if you're a Christian, I believe this is probably like the Holy Spirit. The way I like to think about it is we have the bright, the bright blue sky of light on earth, which is Thea. But then in spirit, we got like a sky over there and that would be Hyperion. He's like the fluorescent bulbs that light the room of where the spirits are in my mental medium space. The white light of God. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. And then Hyperion's uh, parents are Uranus, who is the god of heaven, and 
Hyperion's mother is Gaia, Mother Earth. So he's literally the offspring of heaven and earth, and he is heavenly light. Yes. It's so cute. And then he has kids with the bright blue sky, and all they are are the lights within the sky. <laughs> the sun, the moon, and the dawn. They're all lights. It makes me really happy. Yeah, it's really cool. And the selenite stones are light stones. Selenite, selene means moon, and night means stone. So it is the moonstone. Yeah. Additionally, because we're going to use that type of lingo now. Additionally. (laughs) She's usually depicted as a woman riding side saddle on a horse or driving a chariot drawn by a pair of winged steeds. And Emma and I are going to go on a tangent about the winged steeds. Because when I think of winged steeds, the word steed only makes me think of horses. So I'm like, okay, she got some Pegasus's Pegasi driving this chariot, you know? But in actuality, it's oxen. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the oxen. She can be depicted with winged horses, wing or oxen, or mules too. But Em and I think that steeds are depictive of not just like a type of steed, but like it could be a horse, an oxen, or a mule. But Em thinks that the, the oxen have wings on them too. Yes, they all need to be a winged, so you say. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. And then it also says that, I mean, she's the moon goddess, so her symbol is like a crescent. And usually when it's on her, it's like a crescent um, crown that's on her brow, or it is a crescent fold of her dress. But then it also says that it could be the horns of an oxen, which is the crescent moon as well. So Em's like... Which is why that's being... That's why it's drawing her carriage around. She's like winged oxen. Because it needs to be extra as much as possible. (laughs) It makes me happy. I really uh, yeah. like it. Winged oxen. So I think it's funny that, um, just to recap, that everyone says that selenite is a light stone and it has all of this moon energy because it is the moon goddess and she is light. <laughs> she is moonlight. Herself and her parents are light and her siblings are light. It's all light. Yes. Ding. That was my light bulb sound. Okay, let's talk about aquamarine. I don't want to. What's up? research this one (laughs) if you're not getting it my seven o'clock a.m funny brain was like all right we're gonna do obsidian rhymes it does selene aquamarine and if you uh if you break down the words aquamarine aqua means water and marine means of the sea so you got selene aquamarine water of the sea spitting verses and this is what she was researching this morning with her ADHD brain. Yeah, I wish I could do a better job of it, but I've been real busy, guys. Em and I both have been real busy, so we thank you for that. All right. You get to talk about Aquamarine. I talk all the time. Well, I don't know any of the stories that you told me because I was contemplating the fact that this is my spirit guide as a stone. <laughs> I forgot so, about that. I can tell you that story. All right. Well, let's just talk about how it protects sailors <laughs> first. And get into it so that everyone understands your epiphany that you had while we were recording the video. (laughs) Yeah. So aquamarine means water of the sea, and it's believed to protect sailors and guarantee their safe voyage. 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 Like a boil in a voyage. (laughs) How I think of sailors, sorry. (laughs) I think like pirate sailors, not like modern sailors, so please don't get your panties in a twist. Like real angry, I'm going to steal your lady and your gold. But and also, you can't your, have your duty, a, your dirty doubloons. Duty. Duty. <laughs> <laughs> it 
tell us about how it protects them now. <laughs> so I think it's funny. Like, I, it makes me think of like women giving their husbands that are about to go to see a piece of aquamarine, and these guys think that this aquamarine, if they believe it or not, is going to protect them like externally from the threats of the Bering Sea, but actually the way it works, and it's such a woman thing, and I love it. It makes me so happy. Is that the way it protects sailors? is aquamarine is supposed to be the essence of the calming sea most of the time. It can also be sassy like the aquamarine stone we, that we have, but there's a backstory to that. It deals with M's epiphany. But the women would give the sailors aquamarine not because it protects them externally from any metaphysical sea-bearing tragedies, but because it's supposed to calm the temper of the sailors because aquamarine is supposed to be like calm see like the waves on the shore and however i'm said it in a nicer way than me so it doesn't calm the sea it calls calms the men on the boat <laughs> so they don't do dumbass shit in the middle of nowhere yes <laughs> and i yes. think that's hilarious because it's definitely like what a girl would do like intent instead of telling your husband that he's a pompous the stone is going to calm your very crazy energy but yeah. in actuality they're like it calms the sea you gotta calm that lady no, it just makes you calm down so you don't just do dumbass shit. <sighs> My goodness. Also, it says, since we're on the topic of seas, it represents not only the sea but also the heavens since the sky is reflected in water and it's believed to be reflective. Um, its reflective properties uh, in symmetry are supposed to reveal hidden aspects of reality and the things deep within our souls because it's uh, a calming reflection. So it's supposed to help with shadow work too. Because water is very commonly a symbol for emotions. Mm -hmm. Like it is in tarot, which is cups. What can you fill cups with? Water. Makes emotions. Sense. And the sky is like representative of like heaven and spiritual and souls and stuff like that. But it's reflected within our emotions. Yes. Makes so, so much sense. Which is why shadow work your would help. Past lives. Because yeah. it's spiritual. But also with your emotions of your past lives. Which is physical. So talk about your epiphany, and then I'll talk about frogs. <laughs> okay, so like we have said earlier, I have started doing tarot cards. She's real good at it, guys. It's exciting. You should book a tarot versus psychic medium reading, because it's fun. I get to read with my best friend. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm good at tarot cards, but my spirit guides have been teaching me how to channel energy. And to practice, I was like, okay, I'm just going to channel my three spirit guides energy and see what comes up. So I channel my main spirit guide, his name's Sarath, and he is essentially a shape-shifting being who looks like a cloud. A blue cloud. Yes, a blue cloud. So I was like, okay, his energy's going to be like airy, like he's like a, a breeze or like a wind or something. But clouds are made of water, guys. <laughs> but in actuality, he showed me a very specific way his energy is. He is not just the sea, but he is the waves crashing into the shoreline. And what do people listen to when they're trying to sleep? They're listening to waves crashing into the shoreline because it's peaceful. And what does he do for my anxiety? He calms my anxiety. So that is exactly what an aquamarine stone does, and that's why... This stone reminds Liv of my spirit guide. <laughs> a sassy bitch. <laughs> but yeah, Liv also told me when I read tarot that I get it in waves. So like everything 
around me is associated with water. Also, I was born in March, and aquamarine is my birthstone. <laughs> oh, wow. It's crazy. We had epiphanies. It was a good time. She just keeps moving this thing and wiggling it on our board, and it's just going to be annoying for me to edit out. I don't know. Can you hear it? Because I do it a lot. Probably. I can hear it. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear. What Needs else? to smash the cord against the table so that I can hear what I think. What else do I talk about? Labradorite. Oh, oh yeah. You can tell the story. Um. Okay, so... I don't know who does this, but Liv always tells the story about they found this stone in Labrador. Not the dog. She always says that, too. Because I think it's funny. I'm the one who made that joke, and you're like, uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But they found this stone in Labrador, which is why it's called Labradorite. And this man was like, oh, my God, there's so many pretty lights in this stone. He was an Inuit warrior. And he took his spear and smashed it into the stone which released all of the lights into the atmosphere and this creates the northern lights your turn to speak (laughs) (laughs) i was like how can i make this as virgo as possible there's a reason why you tell stories (laughs) she's right labrador right comes from labrador and there was an inuit warrior who was walking around one day with a spear probably out hunting And he's like, oh, my God, I see these lights in this rock. I got to save them. So he's like, hey, yeah. And and crashed out all of the lights when he speared the stone that the lights were trapped in. And that's their creation story of the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights. And it makes me really happy. And it's great because these stones look like they have rainbows in them. They're kind of iridescent. Yeah. When you, like, wiggle them, they go, wee, 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 wee. Yeah, I think these help with truth, too. But I don't think they cut through truth like Obsidian does. Because Obsidian is scary, and it doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Also, if you have any stones that you want more folklore on, like ones that we haven't talked about, because we just did a a portion of the 10 basic crystals for beginners that we covered, if there is, like, a certain story that you know of and you want to share, go on to our website, to the place where it says extras, and submit the ideas that you have for us that you want us to cover, because that would be super skookum. I'm all about it. We can do more. We can do other ones. We can do ones we haven't talked about. It's exciting. If you guys are interested in a reading, like I said, I read tarot now, and we do dual readings where I read your tarot cards, and Liv reads the spirits around you. If you guys are interested in that, go to metapsychics.com and book a reading with us. There are other readings if you don't want to do tarot psychic medium, but they're so much fun. However, while you guys wait, check out the video that goes with this podcast, and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, all the things. Facebook. See you guys in the next one. We are your meta side kicks. Wow.